0: Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Yes, I'm doing very well as well. You sound crisp and clear over the microphone. Yes,
1: good. It's a crisp and clear morning. Good, good. Also, I was just fiddling fiddling with my settings while you were talking. That might help (laughs) too, To crisp me up. (laughs)
0: So you were just telling me off air about Wingspan and your unbeaten record with
1: Wingspan. <laughs> I don't want to boast too much because <laughs> people, someone I was playing with might listen. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I've not played it before. I would said to my friend mm. that it was not the kind of game I'm normally very good at, uh, but obviously something about it clicked with me and I had a couple of really good games.
0: Mm. And the part I really liked was you ended by saying, you built a real engine where you were drawing loads of cards and filtering your hand.
1: Yes. And
0: that's really the reason I'm raising this with you yeah. now.
1: Well, I, I, that's exactly what happened. I managed to get a, a, a lucky couple of birds early on a Wingspan. That improved my, my draw efficiency quite a lot. So a single action would draw me six cards and then I'd discard two, keep the best four. And I very quickly built up the engine I wanted. Why is that relevant to Arkham, Frank?
0: That's relevant because this is another one of our investigator-specific episodes, and we're talking about everyone's favorite draw lord, Roland Banks. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about Roland. Sorry, that was the. Is he? Who's the person who draws cards? Worst.
1: I, I was think, I was just wondering whether is it always Roland we go to as as the joke? Yeah, <laughs> he's actually probably quite good at drawing cards. <laughs> he's, he's not as bad as some, I, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like probably a survivor. Maybe mm. survivors have the fewest inbuilt draw effects.
0: And then I was like, I was going to say Patrice, and then thought, no, 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 you definitely can't say not. <laughs> far from
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Rita. Anyway, we're not doing that person. Whoever no. did, but, of the button <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing anyone. But really... The person we are doing, because <laughs> <laughs>
0: the person we're doing is Mandy Thompson, the researcher. Yes. And we got there at last, Peter, after me vetoing it several times. <laughs> Have we explained that,
1: what happens to listeners in the past? <laughs> yeah, you said that. I suggest already. someone and then you say, no, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say, pick someone, anyone, I don't mind who,
0: and then you you pick someone, and then immediately I say no. Uh, so Mandy Thompson is the researcher. She's got three willpower, five intellect, one combat and three agility. She's assistant and scholar-traited, six health and eight sanity. So, so far, kind of all classic seeker, I'd say. And she has a reaction, when an investigator at your location would search their deck or the encounter deck, they may either search three additional cards or resolve one additional target of the search. Limit once per round. Elder Sign Effect plus zero. Search the top three cards of your deck for a card and either draw it or commit it to this test, if
1: able. Shuffle your deck. So she likes searching. She does, yes. She's got a great set of stats as well. Hmm. That five intellect and the one combat. So, you you mean having. We've discussed in the past about having two combat is almost worse than having one, or having two in a stat is worse than having one. Mm -hmm. Because you're still not able to pass any tests, but that extra point hasn't gone somewhere else. Yeah. You're
0: maybe hoping that when you have to take the dud stat test for some, you know, for each point you fail by, that two somehow saves you a single point of damage or something trivial like that. Yeah. I also like that she's got three in willpower and three in agility, which isn't anything to write home about. But that means if she does anything that boosts defensive stats, like the Tooth
1: of Edstley. Tooth of Edstley, exactly. Yeah, she's suddenly at 4-4.
0: Yeah, it's really a decent boost for her because it sort of bumps up both of her defensive stats in a reasonable way. In the way that if you do Tooth with, say, Daisy, you're a 4-3 and like three agility is not... I'm not getting excited about that. So yeah, you can do something with a three and a stack, can't
1: you? You can you can work with it. Yes, absolutely, yes. And, you know, the, this, the five in intellect means she can investigate almost anywhere without <laughs> needing a huge amount of support. Anything yeah. up to three, she's relatively likely to succeed at. And yeah. she's even got a shot at four shroud locations, which tends to be the kind of the, the standard high end of what you see outside yeah. of some special absolutely. locations.
0: I've also been playing Norman in Think on Your Feet, and he also has a five in intellect. And it's just so helpful to have one part of your game essentially shored up from the off. You know, it's the equivalent of having a four or five in agility that you just know you've got enemy management. With five in intellect, you just know that clues are going to be easy for you.
1: Yeah, you are good right from the get-go.
0: This ability, this reaction ability, it's, a uh, I think, pretty damn flexible. You can only do it once per round. But at any point, anyone at your location is doing a search, whether that's a prepared for the worst or a no stone unturned or whatever other search they might have triggered, you can just kick in and either say, get another card or search more. Uh, What I really like is doing things like playing Eureka because Eureka gives the search to whoever passes the test. So if you really want to sort of, if someone's digging for something, that can be a really useful level zero option of, oh, you're just about to shrivel this enemy, I'll throw in a Eureka. They might not need the boost, but giving them a search six cards or giving them a draw two cards of the top three feels really flexible and just really powerful for kind of fueling everyone else.
1: I've used it on both Prepared for the Worst and uh, Smuggled Goods. Oh, wow, yeah, that's nice. success in the past. Yeah, Yeah. both nice cards to hit this with.
0: Yeah. If you're going that illicit build, you want maybe multiple illicits or... Yeah, just the chance to pick a couple and prepare for the worst is either two weapons or search nearly half your deck. You know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The game, yes. the game is going. Yeah. That was
1: actually with Tommy, uh, who was looking for Becky. Oh, brilliant! So you know you want the, you don't care about multiple weapons. You just want you want your gun. So searching more of your deck to get it is good.
0: It's very good, and the Elder Sign effect. I think just if you forget to put any search cards in your deck, you at least have <laughs> a search on her Elder Sign ability, which is nice. Yes. You can use her ability on the Elder Sign if you want. So you could search six if you're really looking for a clutch card. Or also, I've often find that I use if I haven't used my reaction ability yet in the turn, which is very rare, I might use it to draw two cards. And, you know, Elder Sign Effect plus zero, draw two cards is pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The, the headline with Mandy, good with investigating and good at searching. It's probably worth us... Taking a look at her signatures because they also interact with searching before we go any further. We also need to look at her deck building as well. This is where Mandy gets somewhat stranger. At deck creation, you have to choose 30, 40, or 50 for your deck size, and you also get a secondary class choice where you choose Mystic, Rogue, or Survivor. Her deck building options are Seeker cards 0 to 5, Neutral 0 to 5 and then 10 level 0 to 1 events and or skills of your chosen secondary class. But that's not all, because her deck building requirements, you put in one copy of Occult Evidence if the deck is size 30, two copies if your deck size is 40, and three copies if your deck size is 50. So you have a sliding scale of Occult Evidence, and you also include Shocking Discovery and one random basic weakness. Just insert that little head exploding em- emoji for the
1: homocopia
0: yeah. so th- of choice.
1: There was a lot of chat when Mandy came out about whether there's... We talked about it before, is that you always have your deck being the minimum size. Mm. In any yeah. game where you can choose how big your deck is, you have to have a very good reason to go over the minimum size. The yes. argument is you've always got a worse card. So you cut that card and it makes all the other cards better.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one of
1: the fundamental rules of any deck building game like this is that the fewer cards you have in your deck the better your concentration of your best cards mm-hmm. yeah that in mind frank why would we ever go over 30 cards as mandy mm. it's a really
0: good question and it's a really good topic i was thinking as well that the fundamental rule of that also comes from competitive games and it's that idea that your opponent will be efficient so you should be to a kind of race to efficiency and definitely Arkham is probably one of the more forgiving games for people to try out their weird combos or things like that. The game itself can be really punishing, but if you're playing four player and one person turns up with their mad new deck design, this game kind of allows for that. And I sometimes wonder with the Mandy deck size where it slightly falls into
1: that option... So that's, that's one thing. The other thing is she's really good at searching. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. So I, while I appreciate your answer, I, I don't think that gets us closer to why we should run more cards. Because actually, I think you're doing a disservice to the, to Mandy by saying, mm. well, you can have fun and take more cards if yeah. you want. Actually, the, the power of the search in Mandy uh, and the power of the extra signature card you get, I mm. think makes up for the, uh, the thicker deck. And you know yeah. what, I even think, because I was running her at 40 cards, I have a... Mm-hmm. I'm sure there must be some psychological theory where people hate extremes.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So I didn't want to run the lower or the upper end, <laughs> so I went yeah. for the middle one <laughs> Yeah. without any other thought behind it. You know, when you're building a deck, you always have a few cards you have to cut. <laughs> so I yeah. figured, if I'm at 40, those few cards I have to cut, I can keep them in.
0: Yeah. There's a massive implication there that the last few cards that you have to cut are necessarily worse than the the, the prime 30 as yeah. well. And what if you have just, you know, we're reaching the point in the game, I know this is a podcasting cliche to say, but where the card pool is so large that sometimes it is very hard to distinguish between, well, will this card be vital or will this slightly different card that does a slightly different thing? So a case in point, Mandy can take rogue cards level zero, so she can take slip away, decoy, and think on your feet. And they're all, doing something like the same thing but maybe you want all three of those if you're playing solo in particular that's a nice little suite of any enemy management cards but if you're only playing a 30 card deck you're probably not putting all six of those in just based on the size of your deck Um, so then you're having to make a tough choice between cards that are quite hard to distinguish between i would say
1: well the answer in mandy of course is that you just take one of each and then search up the one you need in the moment
0: that's a possibility yeah
1: yeah yeah but i th- i think generally my experience of Mandy has been her ability to both draw and search is mm-hmm. such that the negative of the thicker deck so not drawing the card- cards you need is really minimized mm-hmm. uh, but the benefit of the extra signature cards is is really good because they are f- it's a fantastic signature mm-hmm. if actually we yes. go on and talk about it now
0: yeah let's jump straight onto it.
1: Okay, so this is a zero-cost event. Uh, It's called Occult Evidence. It has a wild pip, and it has the insight and research traits. Mandy Thompson deck only. Shuffle Occult Evidence back into your deck. Well, into your deck, rather. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it does nothing. Just searches, you know, you play it, you shuffle it into your deck. Reaction. When you search your deck and Occult Evidence is among the searched cards, reveal it. Draw it and discover one clue at your location. Max one research ability per search. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a good card, right?
0: It's a good card. So as you said, the ability on the card is you get to shuffle it back in. There might be extreme edge cases where you're desperate to shuffle your deck. But (laughs) apart from that, (laughs) that's not a very exciting ability. However, its reaction means if you see this card as you search, you get to draw it. Doesn't need to be the target of your search. That's just alongside whatever you're searching for, and you get to discover a clue at your location without a test, without an action, whatever the shroud. Even if there's a locked door, you get a clue. The Really, the only limit is that you can only trigger one research ability per search, and that max means across all research ability cards in your deck. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. It's weird because it almost runs counter to her five intellect. She can anyway reliably get clues, but she can also get clues testlessly. And I actually really like that tension in Mandy that it's not cut and dried that you just boost her intellect and she just gets clues by investigating. She has this other option for getting clues. You know, in much the same way that as Ursula, if you move, you give yourself more investigates. Mandy, if you search, you might give yourself more investigates, slightly in uh, scare quotes, because obviously you're just getting the clues testlessly rather than giving yourself actions
1: what i really like is that you can rely on on her intellect for most standard investigate checks mm-hmm. so whether that's on a lower shroud location well just on, on like kind of standard shroud locations i think she just does fine there without right. having to boost her intellect what you what you'd find is one of the problems with the high stats is that they're High enough to be good most of the time, but not high enough to be good in the five percent of the time you need it to be really good. Mm-hmm. But is it worth a static stat boost for that small percentage of the time, or mm-hmm. do you rely on, say, skill cards or something else in order to get yeah. you off the line for those occasions? Yeah, or Tesla's clues. Or exactly, yes. So, so to me, it almost feels like when I'm playing Mandy. I rely on just investigating for those standard standard locations and maybe using some deductions or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then the time comes when I've got an enemy at my location, uh, a locked door at my location. You know, it's there's a shroud six location, something like that. And I rub my mm-hmm. hands together and I say, "Right, let's see what Mandy can do." Mm-hmm. And then I start using my tricks to try and pull out some auto clue cards from my deck. Yeah, uh, and bingo, I get some clues without without having to worry about it.
0: I like it, yeah. You're making me think of two things. One, as soon as you step up to hard, having a five in a stat rather than a four is significant. Yes. So it just adds to that reliability of getting over the hard and expert difficulty thresholds if you're taking tests to investigate. I think but in hard, only...
1: I would be very tempted to take a static boost in her as well. Yeah, just shore that up a little bit more. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing is you've also, for Mandy, got built-in testless clue acquisition, which is worth its weight. It's gold in hard where there might be times where you just can't afford to take a test and you just need a clue. If you have a way of searching your deck fast, you can essentially get a clue and whatever card you were looking for all combined actionlessly, which we'll probably come on to. The other thing I'd add is that I'm playing her through TCU and there's haunted effects, and it is so satisfying to go into a location with four clues on it, hit a deduction level two for one action, and then get the last clue actionlessly through a search, and leave, and I've reduced the chance of me hitting the haunted effect as best I can. You know, yeah. I've gone once really high over the threshold, so I'm pretty safe. And then once just not even taking a test and then
1: I'm gone. Yeah. It's like, yeah, job done. Seeking at its best. Even at a basic level, this it's like a, it's a working, uh, it's not working a hunch. But you have to pay the cost after you've played the card. Mm-hmm. Working hunch is two costs, but no actions. This is one action but no cost. So if you look at it compared to Working Hunch, I I think it it compares quite well just as an auto clue card. But the crucial thing is you pay the cost after the card, after you've used the card, Mm -hmm. and then it goes back into your deck. And if you're clever, there are ways to shuffle it back into your deck without spending Spending the action, action.
0: Mm.
1: which can feel a bit rough. So I like Mystic, Mandy. And then, what you can, of course, do is commit occult evidence to a test, then use your quantum flux to shuffle it back into your deck.
0: In my end of Carcosa Mandy deck, I played in Dim Carcosa. My opening hand after Mulligan was two deduction level twos and two occult evidence. It was not a good opening hand. And so, what I did was I just went nuts and just got lots of clues in a couple of tests, committing both occult evidences, and then The last card in my hand was Quantum Flux, and I paid one and played Quantum Flux to shuffle two Deduction Level 2s, two Occult Evidences back into my deck. And I thought, yeah, one action to put those four cards back in my deck. That seems okay. You know, Yeah, it's really nice to do a Quantum Flux and put a load more cards back in, but even spending an action and a resource to just get two Occult Evidences back in feels pretty decent. Have you ever used the action to shuffle it back into your deck? Just
1: yeah, purely? I think a, a few times. Yes, it's a it's a downtime action. And you know what? I think I actually did it when towards the end of a scenario, when I could guarantee uh, a deep rook search would pull it back out. Yes, and I was at a a location. I was either going into a location or at a location where, for some reason, I couldn't investigate. Maybe I needed mm. to move into a location with an enemy on it. Yeah. So I did. You know shuffle back in occult, move, move, fire the rook. Or maybe yeah. it was a a, a locked door. It, it was some some situation where I couldn't investigate. So but I knew I could hit the occult evidence. So uh, that's that's why I did it. But I think I have done it just in the past as well. It's a better downtime action than than some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you
0: want research cards in your deck, you maybe don't necessarily want to draw, which I think we'll we'll talk about more probably with Mandy. She wants to search, she doesn't want to draw. You know, the classic downtime action of, oh, I'll just draw a card, I'll fill my hand. It feels horrible if you draw an occult evidence or another research card because they do nothing and and then you just put it back in. So if you're just filling your deck back up with them and not spending actions to draw, that could be really nice. The other distinction I'd make as well, I think, is sometimes your other option for your downtime action is get the last clue here. And if you know you're going to search your deck, for me, it, it sometimes can be a toss-up of, actually, if I just put occult evidence back in my deck, I'm probably going to hit it, if not in this search, then in the next, and I'll get the clue anyway. Yeah. So I could take a test and reach into the bag, or I could just put occult evidence back in my deck. I find that happens maybe two or three times in a in a scenario where I'm wondering, do I just put this back in? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So she sounds amazing, right? She can search. She gets more from her searches, so she might get two cards and a clue for a search. It works out as three cards because she also draws the occult evidence. She's unstoppable. What could be any of her drawbacks? And this is where we need to look at shocking discovery. So this is her weakness. It's a blunder and a mystery.
1: Best trait ever, blunder. You like blunder, I love blunder. Yeah. yeah, more blunders, please.
0: <laughs> Finn and Mandy are clearly your two favourite investigators. Blunder, it also implies that they've just messed up, right? It's not like, ancient
1: curse, it's but, just like, but, <laughs> you need nin- But it's, I think I said this when we did Finn, it's It's not just messing up, it's like actively walking into harm, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Blundering forwards, yeah. yeah. Exactly, it's, it's such a great word, blunder, is you just <laughs> kind of like trample forward ahead and she's like, oh, I wonder what's in this book, oh no, why did I read it? <laughs> That's just it, it's like her Obsessive research has
0: got got her in, got her her in the chops. Right, so Revelation. Shuffle Shocking Discovery back into your deck if you cannot discard it and draw the top card of the encounter deck instead. I've got to say, to have a signature and a weakness that when you read the first bit of them, they seem to be really weak is really nice design as well. <laughs> it's like you have to really study the card to make sense of what it's doing, which is fitting for a researcher. So yeah, if you draw this, it just shuffles back into your deck. Uh, and if you can't shuffle it back into your deck because there's no other cards in your deck, you discard it and draw the top card of the encounter deck. But it also has a forced effect. When you search your deck and this card is among the searched cards, discard it, cancel the search, and all of its effects, shuffle the search deck, draw the
1: top card of the encounter deck. I d- I, I like this card for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I mean, I obviously don't yeah. like yeah. it <laughs> yeah. because it's a weakness. But I think it's, A, it's a lovely thematic card it's like that double level level of theme and mechanic isn't it mm-hmm. that you've been pushing ahead with your searches too much and it, it's come back to bite you you found something you didn't want to find mm, yeah and it's exactly what mandy's doing <laughs> in the card do you see what i'm trying to say yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you're being punished in the same way mandy's being punished in the game
0: yeah you're searching too hard you
1: got too greedy
0: yeah I also like the idea that if you end up drawing an enemy from this, it's like she's just been, she's had her nose in a book and she's made too much noise, you know, yes. as she's like rifling through trying to find something. She just, other investigators wouldn't make that amount of noise. <laughs> There's yeah. like, she's blundered,
1: you know? And and now like the idea that she's looked up like a, uh, amigo in the book and as she's <laughs> reading out the section on the amigo quietly to herself there's amigo crawling up behind her <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. she read out the summoning ritual
1: yeah or summon. <laughs> yeah or that yes yeah exactly sort of races through it i like that but i think the other thing i like about it is that it's it feels like a, an important check on mandy's early game power mm-hmm. because I mean, we'll come on to talk a bit more about what goes in a deck soon. Mm, yeah. But I feel a really good card in here is obviously Nostone and turn level five. Yep. Which is a really good card anyway. But Mandy yep. can make incredible use out of that card.
0: Yeah. So that card, you pay two, you can play it in any free-triggered window, and you search your deck for a card. And it's so, fast. Yeah, and it's fast. For Mandy, that's search your deck, your entire deck, for two cards. Yes. and that means if she's put research in her deck which she should have done you're also hitting the research as
1: well so you 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 know if you've got say two studious in your deck as well mm-hmm. from that opening hand you know you get what six seven eight cards including two that you've just picked plus mm-hmm. triggering your research effect first turn yeah which which is an incredible first turn i mean like studious is good anyway so mm-hmm. but but this this acts as a check on that ability to an extent because not only does it does it give you the encounter card, it also cancels the search. Yeah. So you don't want to use that 5 XP, 2 cost card mm-hmm. just to draw an encounter card and yeah. get your weakness out of mm-hmm. your deck. Not for good. No, it's not good. So I, I think it's, it's an important early game check on her power.
0: Mm-hmm. What it also does as a check is it makes you think really carefully about when you search. Yes. Because if you're using, say, Mr. Rook, another good search card, Again, you can search for free. If you're just tapping Rook, there's two times that might be particularly bad. The first is if you tap Rook as soon as the Mythos phase ends. Uh, No, as soon as you've started your turn, so you've maybe spent an action, and then you tap Rook. If you hit Shocking Discovery and draw into an enemy, it completely messes up the flow of your turn unless someone else has got a way of taking that enemy off you or it spawns somewhere else. And then the other option, of course, is that you search as your turn ends when you've got no actions to deal With whatever you draw, and at that point, it doesn't even need to be an enemy. If it's just something that empties your hand or deals you damage or horror, you might suddenly be in a really uncomfortable position going into the enemy phase. So, as a result, shocking discovery really dominates my thinking, and I'm really cautious about how I search and thinking, is this a good time that I can draw another encounter card? It reminds me of Delve. You're looking for those opportune moments when you've maybe had an easy Mythos phase. So you're like, right, I'm going to hit this now because I can handle another card and then yeah. I can search with impunity. Really nice design.
1: I think so, yeah. And, and you know me, you know, I like to use Research Librarian mm-hmm. to trigger this. Yeah. At, at a time when what well, that suits you. Because I think, well, Research Librarian is a limited search. So even though it searches all your deck, it's only searching for a very narrow band of cards. So it's it in terms of the number of cards searched, it's a very cheap search. Yeah. And I think lab, uh, Research Librarian is actually useful in Mandy anyway, because I really like Occult... Uh, not, well, I like Occult Lexicon, mm-hmm. Old Book of Law, I think. Outside of Daisy, I think Mandy is the other investigator who can make good use of that.
0: Mm. Yeah, we've heard Matt on record saying he wanted to give Tomes a new lease of life. I so. always...
1: <laughs> when someone's playing the corset and they're, they've got Roland, and they, they get the Old Book of Law, and they're like, oh, what's this? And you're like, well... Maybe don't play that just, just at the moment. <laughs> Try and get a weapon first. Yeah. <laughs> You're three-cost. Yeah,
0: poor chap. But Mandy likes it. So Mandy can be using old Book of Law. It's a repeatable search that she can let someone search six cards for one or three cards for two. She can do it on any one and yeah. repeatable. She doesn't get the action for free, but it's yet more chance to trigger her searches. So you've covered a couple there. You could also use Calling in Favors with Research Librarian, which is another search. You can use yeah. no stand unturnned zero. we've mentioned Rook as well, so there are options for different searches in Mandy. The other thing I've seen is someone play Rook, and the first time they use Rook, they do twelve for one, Yes. and their goal with it is to hit shocking discovery it's yeah. not to it's not to dig for anything else. they're like willing to give Rook one fewer secret to do
1: that, yeah, yeah, and it feels good when you've managed to get rid of shocking discovery. Because then you mm. can just search with impunity. Yeah, absolutely. And one option there
0: is that you can be obviously adding more secrets to Rook with Truth From Fiction. You can play another Rook if you find Rook. And you might also have other ways of adding secrets to Rook in the name of Astounding Revelation. Is
1: that yes. Yeah. I mean, that it's worth very briefly mentioning what that card does because it's, it's a fantastic Mandy card. Mm-hmm. It's a blank cost. You can't yeah. even play it. Yep. So if it gets in your hand, the only thing you can do is commit it for a single intellect icon. But it has that same revelation ability that occult research does. Occult evidence. Occult evidence. The number of like discovery, research, arcades. Okay. Arcane. Yeah. <laughs> so when when you find occult, sorry, astounding revelation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during a search, you can gain two resources or put a secret on a card. Mm-hmm. A secret yep. or a charge. It's just secret. Just secret. Put a secret on a charge. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with you, Frank? I'm. <laughs> Why are all that? these words <laughs> running together? <laughs> you can put a secret on a card, which includes, of course, Rook.
0: Yeah, Rook is probably the prime one.
1: Yes, uh, although I, I've seen people uh, try and put that into Luke because his gatebox uses secrets. Right? His gatebox uses charges. Okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe you're thinking of using... Is it Enraptured? Enraptured. Which is yeah, a I think... A, a,
1: well, I like Enraptured and Mandy anyway because I, she uses secrets and charges because yeah. you can put the charges on the Pendant of the Queen. Mm, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah And the secrets back on Rook. Maybe this is finally the, the time for our secret deck, Frank.
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, I've been... So you mentioned Old Book of Law and Research Librarian. I'm running a Mandy deck at the moment that only runs... It runs Eureka, No Stone Unturned 5 and Rook. it's three search cards and then i run a couple of truth from fiction as well to just top up rook because sometimes paying two for two more searches is just what i want with rook particularly if i want to trigger an occult evidence or something like that and i'd rather just have the reliable search nine draw two of rook over i mean that's a a very reasonable (laughs) deep search in the way that old book of law only can search to six you know and also if i'm panicking i can search to twelve. Uh obviously I'm not helping my teammates as much, but who cares about them anyway.
1: Have have you seen that video of the guy he does like short, funny videos on, on YouTube and he's playing magic against someone and he triggers he's on his turn and he triggers this insane combo. He's got like a, a dairy farmer and he uses the dairy farmer oh, yeah, to I've seen the, the video, cows yeah. and, and then he gets some dairy dollars and he gives the farmer a raise and he plays cheese factory and he rotates yeah. the cheese factory. And, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, th- that's that's like that two card search in Rook, because you're like, well, I've drawn I've drawn two cards, I've triggered a revelation ability, uh, a research ability, mm-hmm. and I've drawn a weakness.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then so then there's an extra layer to that, which is now with the Dream Enhancing Serum, the DES, also known as the Hand Enhancing Serum. One of those two cards of the four you're drawing from Rook, you're looking at your hand and going, that is a match of a card I already have. Yeah. So then you reveal that card, tap tap DES, draw another
1: card. You know, you draw five cards for an yeah. action, for a free action. And then your 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 colleague says, uh, oh, okay, you finished No, no, I haven't taken an action yet. Yeah, that was the end of Mythos. <laughs> what are we doing this turn? <laughs> <laughs> so she
0: unlocks this incredible seeker power of being able to select what she needs at a, at, a, at a pinch, at a yes. clinch moment. And it's really fun to play as where... You might have planned answers in your deck, and suddenly she's the one who goes and fetches them. Similarly, when I'm playing, if I've got the deck rolling, those no stone unturned just become two cards for someone else. Any uh-huh. two that they need. I often find myself playing and saying, "What would really help you right now? What you know? What are you missing from your engine? What what's going to really get your deck singing now?" Which I th- think feels very seeker. It's like, "Let's find the answers together. We'll we'll do
1: this. Let me know." Why I like getting that shocking discovery out of a deck early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does two things, actually. It it forces you to be conservative with your own searches, which sometimes means that you are more proactive in using your searches on other players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you can say, well, I've got no stone and turn five in my hand. I've drawn it early on in the game. What do you need in order to get yourself set up? Mm-hmm. Because you could draw any two cards in your deck right now. Yeah. And it also means I want to get it out of my deck so then I can be more free with my searches later on uh, mm. in order to find those tricks I need, like the one shortcut we need in this situation or, you know, the one mystic card that the Storm of Spirits I've put in my deck for some reason. I want, you <laughs> know, I want to pull that out now. Yeah. But yeah. I don't want to hit the Shocking Discovery. So I want to do that 12 search with Rook to make sure I I almost certainly find the card I need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, the other thing, you know, the the segment of orange that you need. Like yeah. the third one to assemble the pendant so you're going to lock down a beefy enemy with yeah. auto evades, whatever it is. One anecdote I'd share is that I just played Union and Disillusion as Mandy and my plan for the difficulty 20 test at the end of it was three aces. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the penultimate turn, my play was... I played a forewarned to cancel an encounter card, dropping a clue. First action, I shuffled an occult evidence back into my deck, and then I played a no stone unturned five to draw three aces, two and three, and that occult evidence to get the clue back. Just moved into the final location, took the test, committing all three aces, drawing another three cards, getting three resources. Just like it felt obscene in the best way. That Mandy was like, "Hey, hey, I have a trick up my sleeve," you know, and I could just—it was all—it all fell together really nicely. That I could just pull the pieces I needed at that point. Yeah, um, and in any other investigator, if you had that silver bullet plan, well, if I can draw this super card, I'm definitely will be able to, you know, finish off this big enemy or whatever it is. But with Mandy, it's almost a given that you can do it. Something has to go seriously wrong to not be able to do that.
1: Just to take a step back, Frank, you and I both had a conversation not long after Dream Eaters came out talking mm. about Mandy, and we both had this weird feeling of enjoying Mandy more than we thought we were going to. Mm,
0: Do you think yeah. that's fair?
1: Yeah. Uh, and it was weird because I think neither of us could really articulate clearly why we were enjoying her so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We, we played her, and she just like really clicked, and she really sang when we got her on the table. Yeah. So have you, have you reflected on that at all? Over the past, because you've you've played Mandy a bit more recently, haven't you? You've got this, the big hand serum deck yeah. up and running. And you, every time you play, you send me a picture of like 15 <laughs> cards in your hand and say, this isn't cards... even a full hand size yet. Yeah, 15 <laughs> cards caption, six card hand. <laughs> you know, like
0: Whatever it is. Playing the DES is awesome. It's so yes. fun. So I even had this weird situation where really annoyingly in one scenario, I drew two Astounding Revelations off the top of my deck. In upkeep, I was like, ah, you know, if I was about to search next turn, I would have hit that card. But I just kept them in my hand because they only cost one slot because of the DES, and they were filling out all the things I wanted to do with Big Hand. And I was using the Dream Diary Diary of a Child, which gives you plus two wild icons if you have eight cards or more in hand. So I had two Astounding Revelation that only count as a card for hand size, but were giving me a quarter of the cards I needed for the extra icon so that that was just really silly but I think it sums up for me the best I can do to describe why I enjoy it is a derogatory term that I actually don't think I wish there was a positive version of it which is seeker bullshit yeah absolutely (laughs) and I often if I'm playing with someone else we kind of give each other a wry smile after one of those turns that seems to have gone on for five minutes and you've taken two actions. you go and final action I will move you know whatever it is you know, we just sort of shrug and say, oh, it's Seeker bullshit.
1: So so to me, I, I tell you what, there's, um, I don't know whether people saw, I'm sure most of our listeners will have, at least be aware of it, uh, Shut Up and Sit Down did their Marvel Champions review recently. Mm-hmm, and yeah. among the comments they made, they said at one point, you know, you'll be sitting opposite someone and they'll do like 10 or 15 things in a row when they're set up and you're yeah. just kind of sitting waiting for them to finish. Uh, and they said, it's not so much like that in Arkham Horror the card game. Mm, uh, and yes. my friend who I'm in my campaign with, with Mandy messaged that group chat and said, well, they've obviously never played alongside Peter and his Mandy yeah. deck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, it, it is exactly like that. You, it, it really, that ability enhances your, uh, your, your ability to assemble the cards you need to pull off these tricks. Mm-hmm. And it, it encourages you to put in the cards in your deck, which enable that kind of behavior.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I'm running three aces. I'm running
0: easy mark. Again, I like will assemble at least two easy marks. So I never play just a single easy mark by itself. I do that for my next trick. You know, easy marks are a really nice card as well. That for the hand thing, if you have one in hand, you then do a search and find another one. You're like, I have two now. And the person I'm playing with is kind of nodding, being like, I can see where this is going. You've drawn yourself a couple of cards just for collecting the pieces yeah it's really nice um yes yeah, so i i think uh, i mean I, I think there's that sense maybe that the seeker can do anything which is actually quite an empowering like trying to put a positive spin on seeker bullshit that if you're willing to put the time in and find the answers they'll be able to get you out of a uh, uh, the situation you're in in a pinch and this is just a, a really silly thing but recently when i've been going to play with other people i've always said to them You can rely on me to guide you through the unknown, which is an investigator's flavor text. Can you name that investigator, Peter? Oh, uh, I kind of want to say Min. Correct. Nice. Yeah. So I love that flavor because I, I think of Min so often as a passive character. Yes. You know, she's sort of helping and supporting, but her flavor is saying... I will guide you. I'm the leader here. <laughs> and I really like that. And it actually, it reminds, like Seekers often are like that, aren't they? Let's go careening into this next room. You might want people to give you cover, but you're the one who's going to find the clues and push on on forge ahead. And Mandy really exemplifies that, I think. She pushes on to another location. She maybe has Occult Evidence locked, ready to go in the next nine-ish cards of her deck. You know, you have a sense, okay, I've not seen one for a while. My next search is going to hit one. You're you're kind of pushing. You've got lots of answers in your hand. You're rushing into locations and grabbing clues. You know, there's just this yeah. sense of like, let's do this, people. She doesn't want to hide in a corner and turtle up.
1: You know, when you're playing Gloomhaven, you have the battle goals. Yes. There's yeah, that yeah, one yeah. which is you always have to have a monster on the board at the beginning of the turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you end up, like, it's very easy to spot someone who's got that girl because they're always like, I'm just going to open the door to the next room. Yeah, But that's kind of the seeker, they're seeking out trouble. They're always going to push ahead and and be finding the clues and stuff and then let other people clean up the mess they create.
0: Yeah, seeker isn't seeker of safety. It's seeker of everything, seeker of knowledge, seeker of danger, seeker of, you know, there's that as a power. So yeah, I really like that. The other thing I'd say that really makes me like Mandy that really upped her in my estimation was playing her solo. And I think she's a really good solo investigator.
1: That's really interesting. I I obviously have no experience with her solo. And I think my deck has really shone in multiplayer as well. Just Mm. enhancing the power of the rest of the team, but also not infringing on the other team members' ability to, to kind of show off and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact she yeah. kind of enhances that as well if she can help them find the cards they need at the right moment to make mm-hmm. them look cool yeah yeah. it reminds me of the succeed by two thing where if you kind of can have assembled
0: all the pieces your big succeed by two test looks so much more impressive than if you're just throwing in a solitary quick thinking or a solitary momentum you know if you've, if you've had someone help you get all of that ready succeed by two looks like you're really flair And yeah, Mandy can kind of help all all other parties do that kind of thing. So I played her rogue solo, as I mentioned, and I didn't do the big hand thing because it requires a bit of setup. You you know, you want to get rook down. You maybe want to get the dream enhancing serum. If you're going to do the dream diary as well, it starts to require a bit of a board to be built. So I just did more kind of use rook for searches. I did a 40 card deck in solo, which I, I thought was good size and then yeah the power of her having options on tap is really useful and what i've found in that is i only start aggressively searching to hit shocking discovery when i knew i had an enemy management tool like whether that's an inquiring mind and i'm on a location with a clue so i can evade at six or a decoy or something else so you have to be a bit cautious but works really well survivor in mandy yes we've not really mentioned it
1: this is the puzzle (laughs) <laughs> well, we, we've we talked about this briefly Because I think just before we go into Survivor mm. I'm a big fan of Mystic Mandy Yes, yeah, you mentioned Maybe it's just because it's a bit like Daisy And Daisy's obviously still the best investigator <laughs> Wow, okay <laughs> I, I think I, there's a lot of, I think, good utility cards In Mystic that fit well I've mentioned Enraptured, I think is a mm-hmm. fantastic Mandy card I also think Quantum Flux is a very good Mandy card del too deep is a very thematic Mandy card.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think there's a couple of other ones that are nice to take. You know, Water Protection's always good. There's lots of those little just good events you can take and and fit well in Deny Existence as well. Deny Existence, yes, very good. Um, There's probably a couple more I can't think of at the moment. But yeah, I think there's some really good cards there. And, you know, almost worth it just for taking Quantum Flux. Like if someone built a Mandy deck and the two Mystic cards they took was two Quantum Flux, I'd be like, yeah, spot on, pal.
0: Yeah. The other one I think of that actually really fits into that helping your team suite is Premonition. Yes. Like if you've got that big turn coming up and the Seeker maybe doesn't help with damage or anything like that, if Mandy can just go and search for a Premonition and say, look, I can see what we're drawing next, so strong for
1: how you plan your turn. Yeah. But the the mystery is, what do we do with, with Survivor?
0: Mm, mm, Yeah.
1: Because I, I think we've both thought about this, but there's nothing to really latch onto, and I don't know whether Survivor's in there just because it's not Guardian. Mm. I, I, Which I, is I, not I, really a Guardian, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I probably have even less idea what to do with her with with ten Guardian yeah. cards, but to maintain the symmetry between you know Luke, Mandy, and whichever other mm. uh, other investigators we're going to see with the same the same skill set or the same deck building requirements. Mm. But no, I I, I can't think. I, I think there there is some cards, like, there are some just good survivor events, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could just put those in their deck. Yeah. I'm thinking of that, of live and
0: learn, lucky, yeah. look what I found. Test of will. Maybe winging it, test of will, yeah, cancellation, more cancellation. All really nice. I wondered as well about the, the new skill suite, sharp vision, brute force, and expeditious retreat. Probably not the brute force but having a couple of skill cards that are lots of icons could be useful. And it's worth remembering, like, in Survivor, as in Rogue, there's quite a lot of evasion tech. You know, there's dumb luck, there's hiding spot. You you could maybe, again, lean into using your Survivor side to help you deal with enemies in some way, particularly in solo, I I think.
1: Yeah. I also think winging it is a good, and any seeker Mm. who can take it, winging it's a really good card as well.
0: Yeah, having that baked in deduction for the second test is really nice. Yeah, yeah. and it's a repeatable yeah. deduction. It's a deduction that gets shuffled back into your deck. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. So you just good. keep going for it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and maybe you do do sort of an exile thing, like you said. Maybe you also put in a, a Devil's Luck as well, or yeah, a Flare to search for. A, Particular allies, yeah. That's Another a uh,
1: spicy include because Flare gets better in Mandy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Flare for two, right? Well, yeah. If you're playing with uh with Leo Anderson, you're still two of his allies. <laughs> you end up with your beat cop
0: adventurer yeah. combo in, in <laughs> Mandy that don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Leo's raging on the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah. Why, why
1: have you joined her? What's what's She's she like, got that I haven't? <laughs> yeah.
0: Stick with me, lads. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, Survivor is an interesting one. I saw recently someone putting online saying like Survivor's definitely her best solo option. And I've not tried that yet, because I've been enjoying the rogue options so much. So I think maybe that's the next project, work out how that works. You know, the consistency of just having a couple of luckies, and maybe a couple of live and learns is nice. But yeah, maybe there's something we're missing. So I think we're drawing to the end of this episode. I hope we've given listeners a sense of what we like about Mandy. We've mentioned Rook quite a few times in this episode. And just like I said, I heard someone online saying Survivor was the best off-class for her solo. One of the things I've seen a lot of in the last couple of weeks is mentions of Rook. Yes. Where do you think he's at? Do you think he's going to be on the taboo
1: list? It would certainly not surprise me. I think one of the issues is Rook is a good card capital Mm -hmm. G, capital C. Yeah. Anyway, he's a very good card anyway. Mm -hmm. And in Mandy, he only gets better. Mm -hmm. So if he was good already, Mandy just like shoots him off the chart. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to appreciate until you've seen him in action, just how Mm -hmm. good he is. Mm -hmm. The combination of having the astounding revelation and that double search. And like people say, oh yeah, but you know, you draw your weaknesses. Yeah, You're going to draw your weaknesses anyway at some point, especially in a Seeker who's drawing a load of cards. Mm-hmm. So what better way to not have to waste a draw on drawing yeah. them and yeah. getting them as a free draw off Rook. You know what weaknesses are in your deck, so when you're mm-hmm. firing off a deep Rook search, you can even plan around it.
0: I have been playing one Mandy with Paranoia in my deck. Yeah. That's the perfect example. Yeah. I like play two cards and go broke, search aggressively. Yes laugh maniacally when I hit it.
1: Yes. And you you consider, like, if I say to you, draw a card, you know, you could draw your weakness. So Mm -hmm. if you draw two weaknesses with Rook and then you use mine's ability to draw two more cards, what you've done is drawn four cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, You haven't drawn two cards and got two weaknesses. You've drawn four cards, two of them are weaknesses, and and then they're gone. Yeah, He's just really, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would certainly not surprise me to see him tabooed or so mutated yeah mutated that's the way i was looking for
0: it's weird there's a quite a perverse thing going on here in that when milan was around obviously milan's still around milan crowded out any other allies in seeker with rook as you've mentioned already you might be running research librarian you might be running academic army in mandy There's, there's an option for that playing off calling in favors i've definitely done that and rook doesn't necessarily crowd out that slot. I think partly because he runs out of secrets. So you play other things in his spot or you 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 want to bounce him back to hand and replay him. But what I've then seen is Rook appearing in decks that probably wouldn't take a Seeker ally otherwise. So like Rook and Zoe or Rook and Roland. Rook and Jim I've seen a deck of as well. Because he's a level zero card and he adds such power and flexibility to your deck he's just finding his way into decks that probably wouldn't have dipped into the seeker pool before yeah but I don't, it's weirdly i i definitely think he's strong i weirdly don't think that that's a particular problem but i can see that people are getting frustrated with Ed.
1: yeah to an extent his his ability is what he card draw cards are always a difficult one to sort of see the power of i i guess mm. because mm. really what they do is they get you other cards your are other good cards. Yeah. So, you know, someone who's using Rook a lot, they look good because they're playing other good cards a lot. Unlike Milan, where he's benefiting your investigate tests and he's paying you money every time you take a test. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, you're sitting on a huge pile of Milan money and a huge pile of Milan clues. Yeah. Or b- at least before the, the errata for him, the, the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, taboo. Yeah. Mutation, in fact. Got there in the end. Um, yeah. Got there in the end. So, you know, maybe he doesn't look as dominating. And Mm. like you say, I think because he's got a limited number of secrets that he rotates through that slot. Yeah. You're very happy to play another ally over him once he's out of secrets. So you can play another Mm -hmm. copy of Rook later on.
0: If you've played Rook in any investigator apart from Mandy, tapped him three times to draw three cards and one or two weaknesses, say, like that. that's, I think, very powerful. But then you just ditch him and move on to playing your beat cop or playing your whatever other card it is. And it doesn't feel like he's stayed and had the impact he's had, but he has. You've paid three to draw five cards. It's pretty good. So I wonder ways that we could change him. You could drop him to only having two secrets. Yeah. And then that really encourages you to include seeker secret tech. I also wonder if he should cost four. Yeah. The, The easiest fix is to slap XP on him. Yeah. But feel like that's somewhat punishing for someone like Mandy who really wants to run him. So, you know, what does she run at level zero? Maybe no stone on turns and research librarian and tries to build into Rook, I don't know. He could cost
1: an action to use rather than being free. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could You could even yeah. tweak it so if you find a weakness, you cancel the other card search. Yeah, that definitely curbs the power. Yeah. D- does he need to be curbed? Uh, it's a good I mean, question. Know,
0: is is it, you know, is is, it, is the... It, is the is the card pool big enough that actually it's not a problem? Like that's, yeah, it's it's very it's very hard for me to come down one way or the other on it.
1: I, I, I could see it going either way. He is, it, it, the perception is skewed because Mandy's a good investigator and mm-hmm. she's got this card, which is a good card.
0: Yes. Yeah, the, the Mandy effect, which makes this card look stronger than it is, plus, is not to be underestimated. Yes. Right? Yes, but exactly. Other people are running no stand on turn five again because they've played Mandy. They've enjoyed Mandy so much that they're like, wow, no stone on turn five is a really good card. I'm going to now run it in my daisy deck or, you know, whatever it is. You, you make room
1: for these cards that Mandy has brought back to prominence. Yes. Plus, of course, we've got this cycle, a standing revelation and a call evidence. Well, and, and Mandy's mm-hmm. got a call yeah. evidence. So they're both cards which also make Rook better. So he's working in combination. It's a
0: It's a two or three card combo that's really singing, right? You could, as a Dunwich investigator, take two Rook and three Astounding Revelation. And that's your, that's your off-glass, you know? Yeah. That could be interesting. Uh, final question. Will we see
1: another research card this cycle? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting question. So if I'm in Matt's position, I think yeah. no, because I'd want to assess the power of Bandy using occult Evidence and uh, Astounding Revelation. For mm-hmm. a cycle's worth of play, and f- positive feedback from players, right? So I I suspect if we're virg- if we, if we're siding on the conservative side, we might see mm. the sort of test like a cycle ahead. Yeah. So yeah. I think that we might see research uh, card in the next but one cycle. Okay. Uh, yeah. After yeah, after yeah. understanding what the the impacts have been of Mandy with another cycle worth of cards. Hmm. But I could be totally wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're also, you know, you you have four to six research cards in your deck as Mandy, assuming you take a standing revelation. That's quite a good number, because how many times you actually search in your deck, you know, it might be that you do a few searches and don't hit one. But if it was another Myriad card, it would be seven to ten, seven to nine cards in your deck that are research you might start drawing some more than you want to search them and hit them could get a little bit frustrating you know there's nothing worse than doing one search and seeing no research and then doing a second search and seeing two research yeah it's like ah. yeah so yeah, it might be that five is actually the sweet spot where yeah. we are
1: now the alternative I, I could maybe see like an exceptional or or somehow other limited research card mm-hmm. towards the end of the cycle um, yeah, but i think XP this, maybe yeah it, it, this is a it's a delicate balancing point because mm. research cards are easier to trigger to an extent than uh mm. than it is to find a high XP card. Yeah. So if you have a very powerful effect on a revelation card no, on a research card, I keep saying mm. revelation. Then, you know, like I said, you could play research librarian and find it first turn if you're not in Mandy. Yeah. So if it's as good as other say, 5 XP cards. That's got mm-hmm. the potential to be quite game-warping.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even if the researchers draw more cards, you know, it's yeah. like the equivalent of a cryptic research then, right? You just,
1: boom. I mean, how about this? Here's here's an idea for you. Why not have one that lets you trigger the effects of the search again when you find it? So it's like a, a, a mini Mandy
0: Ooh, okay. research so you card. you pick that, hit it, and draw whatever card you do, mm, yeah. shuffle your deck, and then search another nine. Yeah, Deeper mm-hmm. researches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) delving deeper okay cool well that's our thoughts about mandy by all means write in and let us know if we've missed something that you really like let us know how your experiences with solo and particularly with survivor off class we'd love to hear about that we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com we're drawn to the flame on twitter and facebook we're on patreon as well shout out to all our patrons and we're on design by humans if you want a jumper Peter, how can people get in touch with you?
1: I am United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Twitter and Reddit a bit and on Discord. And on Instagram as the.unitled. Uh, how about you, Frank? I'm FB on Twitter. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E.
0: I'm uh, F-E-B with a Y instead of an underscore on Instagram. And I'm around the place as Zooey Glass or Zozo. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you.
1: Those churches were very odd, all violently disavowed by their respective denominations elsewhere, and apparently using the queerest kind of ceremonials and clerical vestments. Their creeds were heterodox and mysterious, involving hints of certain marvellous transformations leading to bodily immortality of a sort on this earth. The youth's own pastor, Dr. Thomas Brune Anderson of Asbury M.E. Church in Arkham, had gravely urged him not to join any church in Innsmouth.
0: With the night came song, and Daniel Berg nodded as the lutenists praised ancient days from beyond the filigree balconies and tessellated courts of simple Ulthar. And there might have been sweetness even in the voices of Ulthar's many cats, but that they were mostly heavy and silent from strange feasting. Some of them stole off to those cryptical realms which are known only to cats, and which villagers say are on the moon's dark side. Whither the cats leap from tall house tops, but one small black kitten crept upstairs and sprang in Daniel's lap to purr and play
1: Has he really used the word cryptical? <laughs> yeah. That's the classic Lovecraft.
0: <laughs> yeah. Why use cryptic? If you can use cryptic code.
1: Just taking a bit of a step back, Frank. Mm. We both had a conversation fairly early on after Dream Eaters came out. Mm. Wait, is it co- it's called Dream Eaters? Yeah, the dream eaters. Dream eaters. I just had my mind just. I, I I get it confused with the the Nightmare on Elm Street film. Um,
0: <laughs> Do I want to mention glimpse the unthinkable about shuffling all of your research cards back from your hand?
1: No. Still the uh, yeah, risk to I draw them again. <laughs> I actually had a, an opportunity to mention earlier when we were talking about yeah. core research, and I didn't. But I think that's fine. Yeah. You know? yeah.